I get so many questions about probiotics, and I'm excited to share the one that I have found makes a huge difference in my gut, and I have a 10% off code for you. I have experimented with many different probiotics over the years. As someone who's struggled with IBS since I was a kid, I notice a huge difference when I'm taking a quality probiotic versus when I'm not. I've been searching for a probiotic that contains a combination of evidence-based strains, including both lactobacilli and bifidobacteria strains. And I found that in Doctor's Choice Probiotic from MD Logic Health. Doctor's Choice is formulated with 30 billion live beneficial bacteria per capsule and provides a mixture of 10 lactobacilli and bifidobacteria strains shown through research to be most beneficial when taken together. It also contains FOS, which is a powerful prebiotic that feeds the probiotic strains. I love that it includes this combination. There's a lot of research about how when these two strains are combined, they have stronger anti-inflammatory effects and can be very protective. Doctor's Choice Probiotic is made by MD Logic Health. I love the facility that manufactures Doctor's Choice. It's made in a USA GMP FDA registered facility. It's tested for potency and has a special delayed release technology to ensure that the capsules make it through the stomach acid and into the intestines where it's needed. 99% of the probiotics on the market don't have that. Doctor's Choice Probiotic does not require refrigeration. Their innovative foil seal ensures each capsule remains potent and effective until consumed. If you struggle with chronic digestive issues, leaky gut, feel like you get sick all the time, or want to optimize your ability to break down food, including protein, I highly recommend giving it a try. Both my husband and I take one every single night, and it's greatly improved my digestion in the morning. If you know, you know. Go to mdlogichealth.com forward slash doctor's choice and use coupon code WELLFED for 10% off. Again, that's M-D-L-O-G-I-C-H-E-A-L-T-H.com forward slash D-R-S-C-H-O-I-C-E, doctor's choice, and use coupon code WELLFED for 10% off. You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome to the Well-Fed Women podcast. This is episode number 437. I am your host, Noelle Tarr, and I'm here with my co-host of eight years, Stephanie Ruper. We have originally started out talking about paleo. Now we talk about all things holistic health and whatever else comes to mind for our millennial selves, you know, being 30, well, being in our 30s, we're <laughs> still 30, being in our 30s and middle parts and colors and whatever whatever we feel like talking about. So we're happy that you are here. Today, our main topics will include waking up in the middle of the night and really understanding the root cause of that. Is your liver involved? Is it blood sugar issues? Calorie intake while avoiding gluten and dairy. Thoughts about elevated blood pressure and what might be causing that. And then having more kids. What are your thoughts around that? Hi, Stephanie. Hi. Were you just eating something? Can't remember. Um, I'm drinking tea, but my oh. tea is mostly, I just pour some raw turmeric and ginger into hot water. So there's always like bits of raw turmeric and ginger <laughs> at the bottom. And I just ate those. It's a little gritty. Uh, I don't, I, I like it. Um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a really big fan. They're very, they're packed with lots of anti-inflammatory 
properties. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're my favorite, favorite. What do I call it? Are they roots? Nutrients? My favorite roots. Oh. Yeah. Turmeric and ginger. They're both roots. I have this really cool turmeric hot chocolate recipe on my website. Ooh. It's really good. You actually mix turmeric with, of course, cocoa. And then it's like maybe a little black pepper because that helps the absorption of turmeric. Mm -hmm. And then coconut milk. So it's like so warming. It sounds amazing. I chocolate's been giving me pretty bad headaches recently. So oh, um, you know what? You know what I'm finding is at night. So Organifi has these like cacao, like they have drinks that have cocoa or cacao in them. And mm -hmm. I like that because it's warming. You know, it's kind of like nice chocolatey at night. And I kind of drink that as like my little nightcap or dessert or whatever. But it was like screwing up my digestion. You know how like beans i mean cacao is a bean so you kind of have to keep that in mind because it can actually make you have like a little bit more looser stools in the morning and stuff so that is what it ended up doing it to me and i was like why does this keep happening and then i stopped the cacao like drinking cacao at night and the more research i did on it i was like wow this is a raw bean so if you're mm. if you're actually adding hot water to cacao and it's causing digestive upset then you know, yeah. you gotta stop. Yeah, so it's a raw, that's a raw bean. We don't eat a lot of raw beans. It's a balance. Yeah. Yeah. I love my chocolate though. Just had a little nibble before we got on because that's like my that's my that's your thing. caffeine. That's that's my thing. Yeah. So anything new with you? I don't have I don't have a life really. You launched a supplement. I I, I did. Yeah. By the way, everybody's been so nice. Um, and supportive. Like I, you guys don't have to do the things you do, but it was really nice because a lot of people, I got so many messages that were like, I just ordered. I'm so excited for you. Like so proud of you. And then people were sending me photos of the bottles that they got. And I just really appreciate that. That <laughs> means a lot to me. So I I like seeing everybody else excited too, as excited as I am. And even my parents were like, oh my gosh, it helped my sleep. Like dad slept better than ever. So oh. Yeah, hearing everybody's feedback has been really great. And um, I'm just excited to kind of, I mean, I'm excited to to grow it. But I really, of course, want to get this kid stuff out and been struggling with my kids. They've been sick this week and our sleep has just been all over the place. It's been rough. Who gets a virus at the start of the summer? Like this has been a bad one. My son was up. I mean, we put him to bed and then he woke up and I was trying to get him back down for like an hour because he was coughing and gagging nonstop. And it's just like this post-nasal drip stuff. The allergies are kind of, you know, making it worse, but it's hard out there when you're not getting sleep and all that stuff. And and it, I always get a little bit more anxious when my kids are sick at night. So we need all the help we can get out here. But um, yes. <laughs> don't we all? Yeah. So I appreciate everybody's support. It really does mean so much. And I like, I like seeing you guys excited. So, yeah. By the way, my comment, don't we all need help? Wasn't to derogate your current experience. It was to like, you know, gesture towards the inevitability of sin and fallen reality and all that stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I was hanging out with friends a few days ago and somebody came up and they said, do you need help? Like me unloading the car. And I was like, I don't know how to answer this question. <laughs> Like, in what sense? Yes, in all the ways I need help. Yes. I'm good carrying the things out of the car, but yeah, I do need help. We all need help. 
Yeah. Anyway, so wellminerals.us, that is going to be my hub now moving forward for all the stuff. I did just update my mineral guide. I tried to update it with my adrenal cocktail recipes and just, you know, better resources. And my free mineral guide is at coconutsandcataballs.com slash minerals. And that's where I'm going to launch stuff in the future and make sure that like we did the launch discount and that was 20%. And that's awesome. Um, I'm hoping we'll do more discounts in the future or, you know, maybe promotions, especially like a Black Friday promotion. I'm sure I love, I, you know, you know me, I love a good Black Friday promo. So um, get on that list just to keep in touch with discounts and stuff like that in the future if you're, because we all need a price break on the things, on all the things. Um, okay. Are you ready to jump into questions? Yes, let's go. Okay. Question number one is from Jennifer. She says, does waking up in the middle of the night every night really mean you have a blood sugar issue? Could be a lot of things. Could be blood sugar. Could be other things. (laughs) So um, personal experience. I have found that if I eat closer to bed, say within like two hours, I sleep best on a high fat meal. If I have protein or carbs in that window or like a good dose of them, something that could elevate my blood sugar later, uh, I I think I think that that is associated with me waking up midnight, like in the in the middle of the night at once, you know, um, that's just anecdotal. That's my personal experience. Uh, but it tracks with, you know, what we understand of how blood sugar works. Uh, a lot of people, uh, Dr. Beverly Yates, who was on the podcast recently, often recommends that for blood sugar management, you have your last meal by five hours before you go to sleep and let your whole blood sugar system just ramp down and chill throughout the night. Uh, and that is based off of kind of all meals being built out of fat and protein and some kind of resistant starch slash complex carb and making sure there's fiber, like a source of fiber in that meal. So yes. So it could be blood sugar. Uh, It could also be uh, the need to urinate. It could also be overheating. Uh, It could also be a cortisol stress dysregulation thing. It could be a circadian rhythm disrupting thing. Say you exercise late at night or you don't have a consistent sleep-wake schedule. The body tends to operate on the best on like a consistent rhythm where you wake up relatively early. It doesn't always have to be the case, but like the body likes it. Big meal in the morning. Not always, but like that's a thing. If you've been doing intermittent fasting, like that can sort of you know mess with mess with the rhythm. So, um, generally speaking, those are those are some things that can that can throw you off. So stress, uh, irregular sleeping pattern, sleeping pretty late, um, having irregular you know meal timings, eating a whopping dose of protein or carbs right before sleep. Um, yeah, some sort of blood sugar regulation is issue potentially. Um, wrapped up in all of that also like if if you have a bunch of salt late at night or you know if your electrolytes are out of balance uh then that could cause a cortisol spike that could wake you up uh and of course if you're deficient in magnesium um then you know you may you may not sleep sleep all the way through plus hormones um you know, different times in your menstrual cycle, or if you're in a state of estrogen dominance or hypothalamic amenorrhea, low hormones across the board, 
uh, that could also uh, mean that you just don't necessarily sleep super well all the way through the night. Uh, there, there are other, there are other, there are other things. There's so much that, that, that can disrupt sleep. Um, I'll leave it at that. What's your input? Yeah, there's so much involved. If you're doing all the things, and by when I say that, I mean you are putting on your blue blockers. You're making sure you're not just staring at blue light after sunset. You're you're wearing them when you're on your phone or watching TV. You're you have that slow routine. You have red light. You're not like have these overhead lights on. You're doing everything you can to kind of like shift your nervous system into a more tired state. You're making sure that you're taking magnesium because that's one of the four things that I think contributes to this waking up in the middle of the night thing. You're taking a high quality form of magnesium at night, like more chill magnesium, wellminerals.us. Um, you are not like you, you do have a solid routine. You're managing your stress. I think that I think it's likely because of blood sugar issues and or liver dysfunction. Now, when I was researching this a while back, it took me a while to find the connection because there's a lot of chatter on the internet about this topic. And sometimes what people are saying makes absolutely no sense. From a physiological perspective, we're doing a lot of talk about overburdened livers and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, how would that, why does that wake you up in the middle of the night? The connection, the more evidence-based connection that I found with liver function is that if you're waking up between the hours of 2 a.m. and 4 a.m., maybe that's you just pop awake and you're not sure why. And, you know, you're you're like, I can't really get back to sleep. Well, maybe you do get back to sleep, but it's just kind of annoying to wake up at that time. It's usually has to do with your liver and or blood sugar. So your liver does do its heaviest lifting. The, the biggest, you know, it does a lot of detoxification between 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. And if your liver is sluggish or overburdened, it actually does slow down your metabolism, which compounds the problem. So now your metabolism, things are going a little bit slower. Your body's ability to detoxify is moving a little bit slower, and it's not able to detoxify in the way that it needs to at night. So if it's working slower, those processes are working slower, your body will try to allocate more energy towards detoxification, which triggers your nervous system to wake you up because you got to get things moving because there's a lot of things that you do when you're awake that supports liver detoxification. And when you're asleep, that can become a little bit more dangerous. So you that's typically why, but you can do a lot of things. I think there's some easier shifts in order to support your liver so that it is detoxifying properly. Of course, the best thing we're, we're thinking about, one, what are we, what are the things that might be long withstanding? But two, how are like reducing not just what's affecting the liver, but also what are we being exposed to? So for example, something that slows down the liver is alcohol, like alcohol, smoking, um, VOCs in the air, fragrance, endocrine disruptors, and skincare and cleaning products, medications, heavy metals, chlorine and water. All of those require work from your liver to process all of that out. So we have to manage the exposure, but we also have to manage, is our body actually being supported so that it like so actually supporting those detoxification processes? 
What do I mean by that? Uh, B vitamins, leafy greens, cruciferous vegetables, all of those things help support our body so that it can properly detoxify. So those two things kind of work together. So that's why it's work for internally, but also work what on what is your body exposed to and reducing that exposure overall. So you have to kind of look at all the things that you're doing and exposed to, but also make sure that you're eating the things that you need to that can support your liver. The other issue, and you know, I tend to see this more commonly, and I think we did talk about this, Stephanie, with Dr. Beverly Yates. I think we might have answered a very similar question in that episode, which is, yeah, it can absolutely cause sleep issues. So when, and this is why it's so individual, because there's a lot of people out there who are like, eat a bedtime snack, eat a bedtime snack. It doesn't always work for everybody. That's not the best solution. Because here's the deal. Stress does impact impact blood sugar. Steph and I did a deep dive into that recently because I think there's this misconception that you're only going to have blood sugar issues if you're eating a poor diet. If you're if you're you're only going to have blood sugar issues if you're eating a lot of sugar and you're eating um you know a lot of twigs for breakfast as opposed to the logs in the fire. Not actual twigs, but like the short, um, easy processed carbohydrates. You eat them, doesn't provide a lot of energy. You crash. It's like twigs in a fire, right? Burns through it like that. You have the, the energy crash, the blood sugar crash, and you got to eat more. You're only going to be on that roller coaster if you have a poor diet. And that's not necessarily true. We know that stress, adrenal dysfunction, all that stuff plays into blood sugar issues as well. So that could be impacting your sleep in two ways. One, high cortisol, chronic cortisol, cortisol is highly involved in your circadian rhythms. And so if your cortisol, it's, it's the hormone that wakes us up at, you know, during the day and it slowly decreases and then melatonin increases and that's how we sleep. So if you're chronically stressed, and again, to reiterate, this could be from all the different things, whether it's a chronic underlying infection or nutrient deficiencies or a long withstanding argument with a family member, you are going to, that. that's all stress and that can disrupt your circadian rhythm, which can then impact your ability to stay asleep through the night, have quality sleep, all of those things. At the same time, that can also impact your blood sugar management. So why why is it that blood sugar can cause us to wake up in the middle of the night? Blood sugar dysregulation can mean significant these you know bigger significant drops in blood sugar while you're sleeping and when your body doesn't have sufficient blood sugar you know or energy in the middle of the night that's a that's a huge emergency so your body releases cortisol because cortisol actually frees up stored glucose that's what it does that's its purpose in an emergency is part of the stress response so boom it releases cortisol it says we've got to get more energy in the system or we're going to die and it also can release adrenaline and other adrenal hormones and that's all to get your blood sugar back up. And guess what? You wake up in the middle of the night. So yes, sometimes taking a, a snack or eating a, a, I like to think of it as like a, I would eat a little bit more fat, maybe a little bit of carbohydrate, but mostly fat and some protein right before you go to bed. That can help, help stabilize your blood sugar because now you're providing your body with a little bit of a hit of energy, some stored energy that you, that'll carry you through the night. You'll get the, the sleep you need. I, sometimes that helps. Sometimes it doesn't. It can disrupt, like there are studies that show that eating before bed can disrupt sleep, but that's more because of the digestive processes and and the body not being able to completely digest food before you lay down and go to sleep. And the body doesn't really digest food that well. I think we can all make that connection, like laying down and asleep 
Like, so we want to get all the food through our stomach and digested before we go to bed, ideally for, for proper sleep. So I think you have to experiment and see what works for you. I typically wake up daily at like, or nightly, I should say at like 4.30 and it's because I have to pee. And I just, that ha- that st- started happening when I was pregnant and I haven't necessarily been, I just haven't broken that habit since since I've had my kids and breastfeeding all that stuff because I was drinking so much. So now I've tried to intentionally stop drinking a few hours before bed, which I don't like doing. Like I like having my tea and stuff like that at night. But I do notice that when I have that stuff at night, I have to wake up and go to the bathroom and it takes me a little bit more to go to sleep. Whereas if I, if I'm waking up and I just need to readjust, which happens, I just, I wake up a few times every night to kind of just like flip sides because of my back. I, if I, and I end up going to the bathroom, it takes me a little bit longer to go to sleep. So just also think about that too. Any other sleep thoughts from you? Nope. (laughs) I have an incredible discount for you to use on my favorite research-backed essential aminos I take every day now to support muscle protein synthesis. Most of us have the goal of aging well and maintaining or even building muscle mass. In order to do this, your body needs sufficient amino acids because they are the building blocks of your tissues. Unfortunately, most women aren't getting enough essential amino acids And that can cascade into long-term issues because they're vital for functions throughout the body, including muscle protein synthesis, tissue repair, and nutrient absorption. Amino acids aren't just for people who strength train. No matter what you do to stay fit, amino acids are essential. Keon Aminos is my fundamental supplement for fitness. I personally have been taking the Keon Aminos capsules during my workouts right after my workouts. And even on my off days to support my body's amino acid requirements, I also take their creatine now daily to support strength and recovery. I just mix a scoop in with water because it's totally tasteless. Keon is backed by over 20 years of clinical research, has the highest quality ingredients, no fillers or junk, and undergoes rigorous quality testing. They make essential amino acids available in capsules and powders, and the powders taste amazing. If you want to naturally boost energy, build lean muscle, and enhance athletic performance, get Keon Aminos. You can save 20% on monthly deliveries and 10% on one-time purchases. Just go to getkeon.com forward slash wellfed. That's G-E-T-K-I-O-N.com forward slash wellfed to get my fundamental supplements for fitness, Keon Aminos. Now, question number two is from Marley. She says, tips for increasing calories while avoiding dairy and gluten. Ghee, coconut oil, <laughs> coconut butter, olive oil, small selection of unprocessed nuts. I thought about making a cheer, like, you know. Eat um, the fat. Eat the F-A-T. I, I really eat like. Eat the carbs. Eat the fat. <laughs> yeah. The the uh, the possibilities are endless, let me tell you. You can <laughs> definitely have full fat coconut milk smoothies add some nut butter to that yeah like don't i wouldn't recommend living off nut butter but right you you can still have you can still have it nuts or you know just raw nuts don't have to get them roasted (laughs) just like nuts um throw them in a salad uh throw you know nuts in a salad and a whole bunch of whole bunch of dressing um olive oil based dressing yeah. yep. um or coconut based 
sauces in cooking is super fun. You know, you could really could get really into cooking Thai food, for example, mm-hmm. right? Get into a cuisine that get into a cuisine that's really forward in the ingredients that you like and can have. You know, that could be really fun. Um, and so you know, certain cuisines don't really have a lot of dairy in them or gluten, right? Uh, if you can tolerate white rice, then a lot of East and South Asian cuisines are like right up your alley, you know? Um, and so if, if you cook at home, you can buy cookbooks that are tailored to those cuisines uh, for fun. And yeah, so I think I think we've listed them. Um, just really like, just really lean into if you're having trouble getting calories, add rice to your plate, you know, yeah. or a sweet potato, just like throw a sweet potato on in the oven or microwave or something. Uh, if you're pressed for time, you know what I'm saying? Like you can just yeah. eat some extra carbs. If you're looking at a meal and you're like, ah, oh, there isn't enough calories in it. Just like grab whatever fat source would taste best with that meal and add it, <laughs> take a, add a tablespoon of ghee, add a tablespoon of coconut, add a tablespoon of almond butter. Um, and enjoy. Uh, and you could also do the same thing with carbs. I, I don't know what your blood sugar tolerance is, tolerance for sweet foods is, but you can also just like dump some honey in a meal, right? Um, if, uh, if 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 you're really struggling to get calories. Um, so yeah, I would just like really lean hard into the cuisines. Uh, if I, if I wanted to be cooking and experimenting with recipes uh, with cuisines that were friendly to my dietary needs. And then also just like go be unrestricted. If I need calories, go ahead and add the carbs that are on the list. You know, the potatoes, the sweet potatoes, the yams, uh, white rice, if you can tolerate it, uh, fruit, all all the berries, just like throw them on or other kinds of fruit, just go for it. Uh, If carbs are are it. And then for dairy or sorry, for dairy-free fats, eggs, olive oil, uh, nuts, some nut butters, all the coconut products. Uh, what else am I missing? Animal fat, grass-fed beef. We love grass-fed animal products. Pasture-raised animal products. Farm, not farm, <laughs> wild-caught fish. Yeah. Um, this is me turning everything into like a chant. Eight years. This is <laughs> you know. How am I gonna? How am I gonna deliver the foods that I recommend in a in a new fashion? How am I innovating my content delivery methods? Uh, what about you? Thoughts? <laughs> I think maybe some of the underlying problem here is just having good recipes. So to me, there's an endless amount of foods that are dairy and gluten-free, all the carbs, all the meats, all the fats, all the things. But it's just being able to be comfortable, just finding replacements for what you're already eating, which is fairly easy to do. For example, if you're like, oh man, I can't have my yogurt now. What do I do? Go get a full fat coconut milk yogurt that's what I do now midday when I'm like hungry. I'm like, I'm just going for the coconut milk yogurt. Cause I don't know what else to eat at this point. Sometimes I'll add a little bit of, um, useful, like gluten-free oats, um, with like dried apple or something like that and mix it in there. Um, but in general, it's just coming up with like taking what you used to do and finding a replacement for it and finding good recipes. Obviously I, I, I'm a recipe developer. I love making awesome recipes And so I have an endless supply of, not an endless supply, it does end, but I do have a large supply of easy recipes from stovetop chilies to, you know, instant pot Thai dishes and uh, 
orange chicken and you know my favorite is the garlic and beef saute so you know you're getting you're just cooking beef and yellow potatoes in the same pan like that's so good and you put a little ghee in there if you want you can use coconut oil if you want but it's nice and buttery and it's it's got all the things there you know <laughs> protein fat carb so you just have to find the recipes that you feel comfortable with and that you like making and you like eating and eat more of that. <laughs> so you can do bacon and eggs in the morning. You could do you could do gluten-free cereals if you want. There's a brand called Seven Sundays, which does like cassava flour cereals that have and you just use coconut milk. This is these are all my ideas for my kids, by the way, because I'm always looking about how to add calories for my kids. This is like, I got this. Coconut milk with, you know. Grain-free cereals. There's also a cereal from One Degree. It's sprouted rice cereal, but they actually make a cocoa, like a puffed rice cocoa cereal. It's really good. I give that to my kids when they're inevitably hungry again after breakfast. All the fresh fruits. I do love peanut butter, and I give my kids peanut butter with carrots, and I usually sprinkle some dried either raisins or dried cranberries on top of that. Dried fruit is typically pretty dense in calories. I do always, always make, we always have rice on hand, which is why I loved your tip for rice. But I made a big pot of jasmine rice last night. I will always add at least a fourth a cup to, of coconut oil to that to make the rice a little bit softer, not stick. And again, it's just adding more nutrient-dense fats to the rice. And I add a lot of unprocessed sea salt to that. So my kids grub on that almost every single night. I know they're getting you know, carbs and fat with that. Add that as a side. Potatoes, roast the heck out of potatoes, cover them in coconut oil and salt on a big sheet pan. Just cut small potatoes in half, like the the smaller color tricolored ones. That's always a good source of you know calories. And then you can try the the Jovial brand makes really good gluten free pasta. So I'm always cooking noodles or spaghetti and pairing that with either meatballs or whatever that I can, whatever meat or protein that I'm doing to just kind of increase the calories, but also increase the satiation for me and make sure that my kids are getting enough to eat. So I think that they're, and then desserts, like what do you like? Dark chocolate, um, make yourself some oat flour cookies. I'm coming out with that in a few months, which I absolutely love. Like that's what we're doing for desserts right now. Um, coconut milk ice cream, not a moo makes really good coconut milk ice cream. Good Pops makes really good popsicles. Those aren't really calorically dense, but it's just things that you're bringing in to enjoy and variety. It's just finding what you want. Like I said, coconut, I love the Kulina coconut milk yogurt. So it's just finding alternatives and then having that in your day so that you 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 always have something to go to when you're hungry and you always have some way to increase your calories. <laughs> it's not a problem for me, but um, hopefully that helps. Sometimes I just think it's, it's getting comfortable with the new things. So, yeah, I really liked what you had to say about identifying what you do and then just finding the right swap. Mm -hmm. And what and, and the more and more you do it, the the more habitual, the more, the easier it gets, you know. Yeah. And and the more you figure out you know, how that works for you and how it can be fun and all that kind of stuff. So, it's cool. yeah. Okay. Question number three is from Allie. She says. Kind of random, but any suggestions, diet supplements, et cetera, for my husband who has elevated blood pressure? He really doesn't want to take meds and would prefer to focus on lifestyle changes. We already try to follow a mostly whole foods diet. However, he could do a little better. LOL. 
before we jump into this, like always, obviously work with your practitioner before we before doing whatever we say to do. We're obviously just going to give general lifestyle tips, but if you do have clinical high blood pressure, you're already being recommended blood pressure medication, make sure you're talking with your practitioner before you try other things. Those are Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> um, thank you very much. Um, blood pressure is definitely not my specialism. So like Noel said, I'm, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be overly prescriptive about it. Um, I once was on a blood pressure lowering medication. I was prescribed it for my acne uh, and it had effects. It had effects. It had um, quite significant effects. And I'm for somebody with high blood pressure that the, the effects could be, could be really great, you know? Um, but blood, blood pressure altering, you know, medications, the, the all medications affect, can affect, you know, um, your systems broadly. I really think my general approach to medications is they can be experimented with or used as a stopgap or short-term solution while like working on making longer term changes to help the body support itself. Now, some medications in some circumstances, like, you know, you want to, you got to be on them. You want to be on them forever. That's like, fine. You know, there were certain, there are things for which that is like appropriate. There are circumstances in which that's always appropriate. Generally speaking, um, I, I do, like you said, you know, um, focusing on lifestyle stuff as as the foundation as the foundation um is really cool so far as found as lifestyle stuff goes um i think it's really important to understand that blood pressure is uh, a function of many things uh, one of them is proper hydration and that means a proper electrolyte balance and you know, there's all this stuff about high salt being so dangerous. You know, there's a whole lot of salt alarm um, in different corners of the, the world. It's pretty, pretty significant where I live. Uh, but uh, high salt is most dangerous when you don't eat potassium. Uh, and in fact, if you eat a ton of potassium and you don't get enough salt, then the, then the you know, then you have a problem and can have a problem in the other direction. So uh, potassium is abundant in leafy greens. So something you, you know, a lot of people pull salt out of their diet. You might want to cut back on salt, but adding leafy greens, adding a serving or two of leafy greens to every meal could go a long way. And now again, I don't know anything about your particulars, but uh, yeah, that that's just like one simple thing. And it's an ad, you know, a lot of people, are like worried about, you know, they don't want to make the changes, the mostly whole foods diet, whatever. Eat what you're eating and just add, you know, add a head of broccoli a day or add a bag of kale a day. You could just like sit and munch on it while, you know, while you're working. Um, I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah, I think that's, those are good things to think about. I if you're already eating a mostly whole foods diet, what I would, where I think that sometimes we miss, we're missing, the missing piece is alcohol and caffeine. So obviously drinking too much alcohol can raise blood pressure. Drinking too much caffeine or like caffeine-based drinks can lead to high blood pressure as well. I don't want to have to say it. I don't want to 
do this yeah because i know it's the boring advice but when i think of high blood pressure and somebody still eating a whole foods diet to me it has to be what are your sources of chronic stress that you haven't resolved yet so yeah. it could be work related it could be home related it could be a lot of things that you haven't you know unresolved trauma things that are causing your body to produce chronic cortisol because the body when your body is stressed on a physiological level the stress response is a good thing it's supposed to make us superhuman it's supposed to get us alert up energized so that we can tackle whatever we need to tackle whatever that stress is one of those physiological changes is that our blood pressure becomes elevated. Our heart rate increases. We start freeing up stored glucose because we need that energy to do the thing, right? When that's happening on a chronic level, that's where we see chronic high blood pressure. I think most people will note when they're in a stressful situation, if you were to take your blood pressure, is pretty high or it's elevated. And so sometimes when you go like, you know, pregnancy, you go in and you're nervous or you get you get anxious because you know they're about to you're there and you know you whatever you're they're about to take your blood pressure your blood pressure ends up going up right because I've heard that from people who have struggled with it genetically and then they're like oh no I don't want to to go in there and it's going to be high and that ends up making your blood pressure grow up so I think you have to really take a look at these underlying sources of chronic stress and see if anything might be leading to high blood pressure one thing that you can do while you're resolving that chronic stress is exercise so can you do more general maybe not even high intensity exercise but can you do more walking can you do more lifting that is definitely i wouldn't say it's the easy button but it's like the surefire button <laughs> like you press it it's going to it's it's going to improve cardiovascular health it's going to lower blood pressure all that stuff we know that about exercise so can he incorporate ways to work out and move and lift that will that is restorative and helpful and maybe not super high in intensity. I think we need to be careful with that, especially as we're aging and or if we have genetic predispositions to cardiovascular issues or high blood pressure. That is pretty much, I think, the majority of my thoughts, other than I do like your idea of eating more leafy greens and really understanding the difference or the balance that's needed between sodium and potassium. Another thing that happens with stress is it depletes potassium. And so that can really throw off a lot of things in the body. And I think that that's just not discussed, discussed enough. And I think we have a lot of people who are potassium deficient because of stress, very similar to magnesium. I'm, you know, in my research about minerals and electrolytes, I was uh, pretty astounded at really the level in which both magnesium and potassium are depleted in stress. And also when we have adrenal dysfunction and stuff like that. So I haven't been able to really do the deep dive that I want into potassium, but it's for me, it was pretty alarming to see that that's commonly depleted. And I do think a lot of people are deficient. So that's something to think about. If you want a free eight pack of electrolytes, I have a lot for you from my favorite mineral electrolyte brand, Element. And best of all, grapefruit is back in stock. Here's the deal. If you are active, you're outside a lot in the heat, or you follow a whole foods diet, you likely need to replace your electrolytes. In fact, during strenuous activity, you can lose between 400 
and 1,200 milligrams of sodium per hour. And kids lose electrolytes too. Electrolytes are minerals. They are like the spark plugs in the body because they are responsible for 20,000 reactions, including the creation of energy. Many people don't realize this, but in order for water to be absorbed into your cells, you need minerals. You lose electrolytes when you sweat and go to the bathroom. And if not properly replenished, you could be drinking gallons of water but not actually hydrating your cells. Deficiencies show up as dizziness, muscle cramps, headaches, fatigue, sleep disturbances, and even some symptoms of adrenal dysfunction. One of my favorite ways to replace minerals is with Element. I started supplementing with Element after workouts, and it made a huge difference in my energy and the dizziness I used to experience. I now drink a pack even when I don't work out because it's warm outside, and it makes a huge difference in my energy levels. Element makes grab-and-go electrolyte replacement packs with no sugar, gluten fillers, or artificial ingredients. You just tear open a pack, pour, and stir it with water. I have actually now been mixing up half a packet for my kids when they are sick or they're outside playing in the heat, and even when my daughter is at her gymnastics practice. Right now, everyone, including new and current customers, can get a free eight-pack of Element with every order Element comes in boxes of 30. There is free shipping on all orders. And now all orders will get a free eight pack, which has all the flavors of Element. And yes, grapefruit is back. This is their most popular flavor. It's actually my current favorite. And I love having it during the summer. To get Element, go to drinklement.com forward slash wellfed and make sure to use code wellfed for your free sample eight pack. Again, that's drinklement.com forward slash well-fed. Okie dokie. Last question is from Elizabeth. And this was just a quick one for me. She said, I'd love your opinion on one child versus more. We just had our first baby. And while it's the most amazing thing, we know we don't want a second. Family and friends think we are selfish for denying her a sibling. We feel like we are better parents for one and we can offer more to one child classes, travel, quality, family time, and it's better for our relationship. As a mom of two, Noelle, what's your take on this? Do you have any thoughts? Or do you I have, have so many thoughts, oh. but I'm not, but I'm not, uh, but I'm not a mother and the question wasn't addressed to okay. me. Let me answer, no. let me answer first because I can be, yeah, I'm going to say things that probably people, I'll say the thing, the PC answer, and then my my real answer, okay? And I put this at the end because I want to make sure the people who are still here listening to this are people, okay? Because, you know, my honest answer is different than the PC answer. The PC answer is do whatever works for you. You don't want more kids? That's fine. And I actually truly, genuinely believe that, right? You know what's best for you, and you know what's best for your family and your situation, all the things. Also, I will come at it from this perspective. When you first have a child, okay, there's a, there's a, there's a lot, we make a lot of assumptions about our capabilities without ever being in a situation. For example, as somebody who was married for seven years without kids, I didn't really know if I wanted kids. We certainly didn't in the beginning. And when you're on the outside looking in at people with kids and you're not really into kids, I'm not a kid person. Like I just, I wasn't, and that's fine. So when you're on the outside and you're looking at this bubble and all the people in the bubble have kids, you're like, wow, that just looks like it sucks. And on a level it does, (laughs) like ask any mother. And it's very, very overwhelming. And 
it's hard and it completely changes you in every single way. But then you get on the inside of the bubble and it's nothing like what you expected. And, but at the same time, it's everything that you expected, but you do so much more than you were capable of. And the ways in which you dreaded your life changing, you actually love it. You love the way that your life has changed as you become the person that you thought you never wanted to be. So I feel like it's very hard to make assumptions about, well, I can't do that. Like I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I've got too much anxiety for that. Like I can't, like it it would be too hard. Yes and no. Like being a parent makes you work on yourself. If you're a good parent, I'll say this. It makes you work in all parent. I mean, everybody listening is, I'm just saying there are some people who have trauma and real issues and they probably shouldn't be parents, right? There, when you become a parent, you, your, your issues are, you see them, they're highlighted. You be, you, you become very self-aware. And so, yes, I had a lot of anxiety before I had even more after, but I was able to work on it in a different way. And I was moved to work on it in a different way and really tackle it and understand what was underlying. And I'm better now because of it. Like I've become a better person. So while sometimes we have all these ideas of what we think it's going to be like, or what we're capable of, or I don't want to be that person. It's hard to say that when you don't know you're not actually in that situation. Okay. So I'll preface with that. So the transition from one to two, do I think it's selfish? No, I think you're making the decision that's right for your, for yourself. However, I would wait to make the decision until your child gets older, because when your child is younger, you've just had a baby. I can tell you, I was like, I don't ever want to do this again. (laughs) Like you don't like, no, Then I started, then it's like, you start getting, once Stella turned one, I was like, oh man, kind of would be cool to have it. Like, I want to see what happens when we do this thing again. Like when we create, like, it's just mind, like even to like a few days ago, Ken and I were just sitting there watching our kids run around. And I'm like, can you believe that we created these two little humans? Like they're part you and part me. And then like, they're like running around right now and they like live with us. Like it's, it's mind boggling. So once you do it once and they get a little older and you see that it gets easier and you're not in this deep hole of this thing is sucking the life out of me and you start to enjoy it in different ways. You start to enjoy new phases. You see that, oh, I could maybe bring a second one into this situation. It's not all that different. And I hear that too about having three or four kids. I know it it's a lot when you're dealing with a lot of kids, but one more isn't, you are capable of a lot. You can still like, we still travel. We do all the things with two that you could do with one. I actually think this is my personal opinion. I actually think it's easier to have two because my kids play together constantly. Every weekend, they are their own entertainers. <laughs> they or like yesterday I was working for almost two hours. They were playing imaginary something. And I mean, after two hours, I looked at Ken, I'm like, where are our children? And he was like, they're upstairs, completely quiet. They're like, they're playing some game. It was like, they pretended like they were going to sleep and they turned out the lights and then they each had their baby dolls and they were like taking care of their baby dolls. And it was really cute. But I, when I only have one kid at home, it's a struggle. When it's just Maverick, 
is a struggle because Maverick's like, I want to do this. I'm going to, mom, can you push me on the swing? Mom, can you come play with me? And like, I'm trying to work or I'm trying to do something or I'm trying to cook. So I'm like, where's Stella? Please bring Stella home. And Stella's the same way. So in certain aspects, is it easier to travel with one? Sure, you're paying for less tickets. You're, you you only have to rent one hotel room. But in other aspects, it's, it's not. You, your kid doesn't have a kid to play with. They don't have a, maybe, you know, other things to think about when they get older and you're gone, they don't have any other family. So when you are um, going to uh, theme parks, someone's always riding alone, right? <laughs> like there's just, there's just give and takes. There's always different things. So I would not, I think I just have a little bit of a problem when I always hear people say, oh, we can't handle it. Or I would never be able to do that. And I'm like, you don't know because you've never been there. So I would do what's right for you, but also know that you are capable and that sometimes situations that we assume we know what the deal is, you don't know what the deal is and you're capable of it. So for example, do I want another kid? Yes, but I constantly am always thinking, can I handle that? Is it selfish for me to not have another kid? No, I, I, I'm I the only one who knows my capability and you do too. So but if God has called me and says, Noel, I want you to adopt, this is what your calling is. And I'm like, I don't think I can handle that. I'm going to give that to God. I'm going to trust him. So like, I have to trust that, like, if I'm called to do something, I'm going to do it. And I don't, I'm not going to sh- shortchange myself or like think that I'm not capable of something just because I'm, I have a narrow mind of what I think I can do. And I don't really know what's happening in that situation. So I'm sorry. That was super that was so Now great. tell me what you think. I thought that was so great. I really enjoyed listening to that answer. Um, thank you for sharing your thoughts. I, I, I agree. Um, I definitely, you know, so far as like, what's good for your kids. The fact of the matter is like, everybody's life is different and we all have different kinds of challenges. Some people end up with siblings and their relationship isn't good. And that's a challenge or they have siblings and they have a different kinds of complexes related to each other. And then, you know, like not you, you cannot, and you actually do not want to guarantee a perfect life for your child. Like you want to, you want to provide them with you want to provide them with a with a way to flourish and actually being able to flourish and do awesome stuff as an adult requires you to have to rise to challenges. So it, like continually, I think of our ability to rise to challenges. Like I think about our muscles, right? Like you got to exercise. It's like use them or lose them. So all of which is to say, if it's more or less challenging with your family and different kinds of setups, like you know, you, you want to make sure that people are loved and cared for and all that kind of stuff, but you really can't like Noel said, like, you can't know what you can do until you're in a situation. And you also like, you don't know, you can't foresee what so many of the challenges could possibly be. Uh, And in so far as I have become a human of faith, for me, faith means taking one step being like, yeah, I'm here. I did it now. Like what's the next step, right? Like I don't have to plan 10 steps in a row. And in fact, if I in ahead and if I try, God's just going to laugh. I mean, God's not going to laugh because, yeah. you know, at me, but you know, that's that whole saying about, you know, make your plans and then, and then God will laugh or, or what have you. Um, and so 
but, but you also like, you don't have to think about it in terms of God, just like strategically, you know, we can't necessarily predict and, and people's lives are always different. And some people grow up as, um, like only child and it's awesome. Some grow up as only children and it's not some grow up with pairs and it's awesome and others. And it's not right. Like you just, these things can't be anticipated. And so it's just like, it's really, truly a matter of, you know, what, like, to lean into this language, like what you feel called to do um, for yourself and your whole, and the whole unit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you know, and, and I, I really like, I enjoyed everything Noel said, so I won't reiterate it. I just wanted to add that bit about, you know, um, everybody's lives just being different, you know? Um, and that's, yeah. it's okay. I, I just, I love what you said about, yeah, I like the applause You're, you gave me. Yes. So pause back here away from the mic. <laughs> I, that is so important to remember. You know, are you off? What was it I said that you want to reiterate? It, it was, it was something to the effect of you're not res, like you're not responsible for life, giving your child a perfect life. And you our job as parents is to make them capable adults, raise them into capable adults who can make their own decisions and have their own intrinsic system by which they can make decisions that are good for themselves and the world and all the things, right? Their own decision that we want to equip them with good decision-making skills and um, a heart of service and just a good foundation. And that's all, all we could really ask for, right? I find it odd too that like somebody would come along or family members would call you selfish or shame you. Maybe not so odd. <laughs> family dynamics, but that is not information that you have to share. And maybe you have a decision and maybe that decision's going to change and that's okay. So just give yourself the space to make the decision that you want to make when it's right for you. Give yourself the time to really come to that conclusion and if somebody even asks, you could just say, we're still deciding, or we're not sure if it's right for us. We're just exploring our options, or we're praying about it, or we'll see. Like, you don't have to give anybody anything, like information about, you know, what it is, that, especially if you're still trying to figure out a decision, you don't have to, like, include people. So that's all I'll say. Round and round. That's great. That it? Is that it from you? Yeah. Okay. That's a wrap. That's a wrap for more from Stephanie at stephanie.ruper on Instagram for more from me, coconuts and kettlebells on the Insta. And also my website is coconutsandkettlebells.com. Thanks for being here, guys. We love you. We'll talk to you next week.